Welcome to the Wiggly Sofa for podcast 33, which is a special. It's a Robcast. I'm really pleased that Rob's come in today to join me on the Wiggly Sofa. Hello, Rob. Hello, Heather. Thank you for inviting me to your 33rd podcast. You are most welcome. And Rob is a whiz kid on wildflowers and seeds and trees. In fact, you are a whiz kid. <laughs> Speechless. <laughs> How can I answer that on, a, on the air? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is anyway, so he can say what he likes, but he's a bit of a whiz kid on all things wild. One-eyed man, perhaps, <laughs> in the land of the blind. <laughs> so, Rob, we're going to discuss today how one can make a wildflower meadow, how you can use wildflower plugs, and when best to do it. But first, okay. we've got a question from a listener in Sheffield that came up last week on the podcast, and she says... Could she have a little bit of advice on the organic approach to lawn mowing and all that? I suppose the organic approach to physically mowing the lawn would be to use a push mower. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or by chickens or sheep. But as far as applying chemicals to a lawn, not really always necessary. Moss can very easily be raked out of a lawn. As far as fertilising a lawn... Um, there'll be natural bacteria growing in amongst the grasses that will incorporate atmospheric nitrogen. And I think the figures are somewhere between 80 and 150 kilos of nitrogen can be naturally incorporated to a soil per year. How? Uh, just by bacteria taking in nitrogen out of the atmosphere. The vast majority of our atmosphere is, is actually nitrogen. And that can be taken in by bacteria and incorporated into a, a nitrogen compound that plants can use. And so we get all this blurb about how to make our lawns greener and how to add this and that. And what's your view on that then? Well, my view on that, having just purchased a house with one and a half acres of grassland to cut, is to certainly not put any fertiliser <laughs> on the grass whatsoever. <laughs> Generally, you can spend a lot of money on fertilisers for your lawn and all you're doing is giving yourself a lot of hard work. To cut it? Yeah. And, and yet people moan like mad about moss in the lawn. Yeah, it's, people are always after the perfect lawn, and it's perhaps a very English thought. But I quite like having a bit of moss yeah. in my lawn. It's nice to walk on, it's very soft. Birds use it to make their nests. i tell you what else birds use to make their nests. Cow's tails. So we've trimmed the cow's tails out in the yard, and it's left this hair. And they've taken it all and fluffed it up and taken it to their nest. You trim the hairs rather than the tails. So it, so it sounded like you cut their tails off. Did it? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. On the notes of lawns, on the telephones at Wiggly Wigglers all the time, we get people who phone up and they say, if I just leave my grass and let it grow, will it turn into a wildflower meadow? What's the real story, Rob? The short answer is it probably won't. If you were to leave your lawn for 10, 20, 30 years, it would probably turn into a, a flowery meadow of some description. But the vast majority of lawns are made up of very vigorous grasses, which don't allow a lot of space for anything else to grow there apart from grass. So if it's just left, the grass will grow very tall. There's no space nor light 
for any flower seeds that might be drifting into the area. There's no light or space for them to germinate. So the chances are that all you'll get is just a very dense grass. A long lawn. How can people make a wildflower meadow then? What's the best way? I think it always depends on how much work you're prepared to do on your lawn. There are very good ways. Perhaps the ideal way would be to take the top three or four inches of turf away and then plant plugs or sow meadow seed into the bare ground that's left behind. That would be the most sensible and perhaps the best approach. So would that Um, be rotivating it and then get it into a fine tilt? How much work would you need to do? You you could rotivate, um, depending on the time of year. There's still likely to be, generally when you've taken turf off a lawn, the ground's quite friable underneath. It's likely that there will have been a lot of worms living in the lawn area, so the soil's likely to be very friable. So it can be rotivated or just cultivated, raked, and then the seed broadcast over it or, or plug plants planted. If you don't want to do all that work or, or the manual task of lifting all the turf is too heavy... You mean if you're lazy? Yeah, well, not everybody has the, the luxury of having a gardener, Heather. Um, <laughs> he sideswipes her down. <laughs> don't know why I had him on anyway. <laughs> Carry on. So, yeah, there are easier methods to, to establish a meadow within your lawn. You can cut the grass down as short as you possibly can, rake out as much of the, the root or the, the thick clumps of grass, and then just cut out areas where you can plant plugs or pot plants. And just perhaps to help them establish, you might just need to cut a bit of the grass away around the plants for a week or two. But once they're established, they should compete with the grass. But they'll always need a little bit of help. So then you would get different species of flowers, but you wouldn't get that wide diversity of grasses, would you? No, you'd still be, your, your meadow would still be made up of most likely what would be a commercial vigorous grass. It wouldn't be a wild native grass. But as long as you pick plenty of different sorts of wildflowers to put in amongst it, eventually it would look somewhere near natural. Yes, you'd need to put a bit of uh, thought and attention into choosing the right plants that would stand a chance of competing with the mm. grass. So that's the expensive, easy option compared to the very inexpensive, hard work, even if you have got a gardener option. Which would you go for and when? If I was doing my meadow in the spring, I would probably take the top layer of turf away. If I was going to do my meadow in the autumn to have results in the spring, then I'd probably go for the option of spraying off part of my lawn. I'd then have to make a quick assessment as to how fertile the soil is, as to planning on what plants to to sow or plant into the area. Are different plants going to thrive in different conditions? And do you need to think about that, or will it just all work out? Depending on the time of year when you're sowing it, within the meadow mix there'll be a certain amount of seeds that are actually dormant, and, and they need to go through a winter period to break that dormancy for them to germinate in the spring. So if you're sowing in the autumn you'll get a certain amount of plants germinate straight away. So a lot of the grasses will germinate straight away. A lot of the ribwort will do. But there'll be things like yellow rattle that are still dormant. So they'll go through the winter chill and germinate the following spring. The only thing to keep an eye on in that scenario is just to make sure that there is still light and space for the spring germinating seeds. So you might just need to top the grass in sort of February time just before your spring germinating seeds start to to germinate. That covers the autumn saying. If you're saying in the spring, 
the seed that you sow, you're just going to get the non-dormant seed species germinate. So they'll grow quickly through the spring and summer and they might give you a show of flowers in the first year. But again, um, the thing to be to have in mind is to, once autumn comes, to, is to cut, cut the grass very short again so that any dormant seeds that are still in the ground or any seed that's been produced by plants in the first year have space to germinate. So it's summer now and I'm here thinking I would like to actually plan a wildflower meadow to be successful next year. Can you give me the Rob guide to what to do at this moment in time and when exactly to sow and how to do it? I think you're almost too late. The best advice really would be to say that you're actually too late this year. By the time you've sprayed off or cleaned an area, there's another week or two weeks work to do. The chances are that you can sow your seed. Worst case scenario is that you hit a dry spell and that seed is not going to germinate and you're not going to have particularly good results. The best advice really would be to leave your meadow creation until until the autumn. Yeah. Start cleaning the ground in perhaps August so that you can sow the seed in September. You'll have So could I put some plastic down instead of spraying or is that impractical? Um you can do, yeah, you can put a black plastic down. Tarpaulins often work particularly well, but it does take quite a long time for that to have an effect. It would need to have a good three or four months of darkness to have a complete kill. Oh, so I could do that now, Yes, as I'm an all-action gardener (laughs) (laughs) and not lazy. Yes, so I've got my black tarpaulin down and now we're getting to the autumn time, so what do I do then? Then It would just be a case of cultivating the soil that you've got there just to create a, a bit of a tilth. How deep? It doesn't have to be hugely deep. The temptation is to go out there and with a fork or a spade and dig the soil and perhaps in the process hurt your back. You can have, as you perhaps quite like, a a lazy approach to gardening and still have good results. Okay. Very often it's not necessary to get a spade out and dig over the soil. So just create a a fine tilth on the surface, sow the seed. How much seed per metre? Within the mixes that we're using, there's quite a high percentage of wildflowers. Uh, most textbooks will recommend four grams or even more per metre squared. But for, from our trials, I have concerns that if we sow at that sort of density, the seeds that germinates first, the grasses and the ribwort, they end up having an advantage over slower or later germinating seeds. And very often there's no spaces left for the later germinating seedlings. So we tend to go for two grams per metre squared. It might look a little bit sparse for a while, but at least there are spaces still there for any slower germinating seeds or anything that might need to go through a winter winter chill before they'll germinate in the spring. Mm. Jodie and I sowed a wildflower meadow at our village hall and we thought two grams sounded a bit tight, so we upped it a little bit. So I hope that those grasses don't take over from the wildflowers. Yeah, I mean, if you have that problem, it'll just be a case of going in there, cut, cut the grasses down as short as you can in the autumn so that there's still light penetrating the ground through, through the winter and early spring. You, you could also argue there's a good case to say that in, in, if you're sowing in the spring and it is just getting a tad late and you really want to continue with your meadow plans, there's a good argument to say that you, you could perhaps sow, sow it a little bit denser that time of year. Oh, that's good. OK, so I've got it in the ground... Do I need to add any muck to it? Do they need what sort of 
conditions do, do the seeds need? Really to give the wildflowers the best chance with the grasses that are, that are there or with grass seed that will naturally be blown into the area is, is keep off any kind of fertiliser, keep the site as impoverished as possible and then that enables the, the wildflowers to be able to compete with the grasses. But do you just leave the seeds on the top of the soil because won't the birds come and have it all? It's possible that you'll get a certain amount of predation by birds, in, in which case you can put nets over or, or any other system of keeping birds at bay. If you've got the seed on the surface, it's, it's, it is part of the process to give the seed a, a rake over, so a certain amount of seed is buried and a certain amount of seed might remain on the, on the surface. It's possible that there, there could be seeds within the mix that benefit from having light during the germination process. Do I need to water at the area? It, it is a good idea if it's dry to water the area, particularly if you're talking about the possibility of having predation by birds. If you keep the site moist, then the, the seed will germinate very quickly, no longer becomes a, a food source for the birds. Mm. Of course, this doesn't give you this sort of instant effect. So I suppose you could add plug plants to it. Absolutely, yeah. Prime examples, if, you, if, you, if you're sowing your meadow with a nice mix or you're using the enhanced mix, so some of the wildflowers, the seed is dormant, it will germinate the following spring. They grow as a tiny, tiny seedling for a year, maybe even in the second year. They're not still not big enough or mature enough to produce flowers. Classic examples are, are things like cowslips, where it germinates as a tiny, tiny seedling. So it is always a good idea to put those sort of things in as plug plants or pot plants. But having said that, one of the nice things about a meadow is that once you, if you've sown a good mix, it's ever-changing and over the years you'll have new surprises. You might find that you've sown your mix and there might not be any cowslips for two or three years, but in year four suddenly that tiny little cowslip plant that's been fighting for survival is big enough to produce a flower so those sort of things can be nice surprises as the meadow matures and maintaining this wildflower meadow so now i've planted it it's grown in the spring it's all going absolutely rocking do i have to mow it do i have to do anything to it or can i really sit back relax and enjoy it the meadow will will need to be cut generally the wildflower meadow has evolved around the hay cutting historically on farms so they were always cut in July, uh, typically after around the second week of July. And at that stage, most of the plants in a meadow will have gone through their life cycle, produced seed, and most of the in invertebrates will have perhaps gone through the first life cycle. So July is, is a good time to cut. Uh, leave the cuttings on, on the meadow for a, a week or two and then rake them up. And then what would have happened historically on the farms, they would have then put sheep in to graze and that would have kept the grass down and prevented the grass becoming dominant over the wildflowers. So if you bear that in mind, you're looking at just... I can't uh, get a sheep, Rob. No, no, no. So do what the sheep would have done and just cut the grass down towards the end of the year, sort of September, October time. That's interesting because in my wildflower meadow, what we usually do is leave it because it looks so gorgeous in July, we can't possibly bear to cut it. So we leave it until October and then cut it. And then last year we sowed our yellow rattle seed. Is that okay? Or yeah, that's, that's fabulous. I mean, when we're talking about enhancing the meadow by putting in plug plants, if those plants are still producing flowers, there's no reason why you'd want to cut it. But it, it will need to be cut at some point. And I have a little patch in my garden that I only cut once a year because I've enhanced that with things like devil's bit scabious and this field scabious, and they are much later flowering. And just before we end this Robcast, which I've thoroughly enjoyed, 
Give us the actual general yellow rattle because we're always being asked, how does this work? What is it? And why is it such a miracle seed? And I struggle to explain it. And so here we are with the expert <laughs> to tell us about yellow rattle. Yellow rattle is a fabulous plant in its own right. It's not a, a miracle cure for the meadow, oh. but it does have an influence. Yellow rattle is an annual, so that's one of the reasons why you might need to ensure that there is space for the seed to germinate in the spring. The seed is dormant, so it has to go through a winter chill and will start germinating in February or March. It's semi-parasitic in the sense that the roots will primarily tap into the grasses and take nutrients from the grasses, and that suppresses the growth of the grass. And by doing that, the wildflowers within the meadow, where the yellow rattle doesn't parasitise quite so much, they have the opportunity to be dominant over the grasses. So by adding yellow rattle seed at a certain time of year, it's likely that you'll have less grasses and more flowers. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yellow rattle, if you're going to add it to your existing meadow, the ideal time is to add that seed really from September through to maybe end of December, maybe the first couple of weeks of January. But it needs roughly about three months of cold temperatures before the seed will germinate. And a common mistake is to sow that seed in the spring, and it's not going to germinate until the following year if the seed survives in the ground. And that won't always be the case. And the seed looks fantastic. I love it. It's massive, isn't it? Yeah. It is uh, quite a nice seed. It always enhances the mix in quality as well as a visual appearance. Rob, thank you very much. Um, I hope you'll come back later in the summer because we really want to follow you on your Heath Robinson balmy contraption, which harvests the seed in the meadow. And I think you've got a new piece of kit which Farmer <laughs> Phil will be most jealous about. Yeah, you're quite welcome to. Yeah, we have our homemade meadow harvester, which has a very low impact on the invertebrates that we specially designed. We'll be using that from perhaps July the 1st to around the 14th of July. And then after the 14th of July, we'll be using our small miniature combine, Ooh. which will cut the hay as it's harvesting the seed. Fantastic. So we'll follow Rob then. And thank you very much for coming in for this special Robcast. Thank you, Heather.